0: Welcome to The Write
1: Focus. Why don't you introduce yourself to us with your writing name? So I'm Terry Karsten, um, and that's the name I use for my writing as well. Okay, great. And where are you located? I, I live in Winona, Minnesota, which is just south of the Mississippi River in Minnesota. Where the- now, are
0: you Minnesota native? Because you don't sound like that lady in Fargo at all.
1: No, well, Fargo is in the northwest corner and Winona is in the southeast corner. So, you know, Ah. like, but I'm not a Minnesota native. I was uh, born and raised in California and moved to the Midwest when I went to college in the back in the 70s.
0: Okay, great.
1: Well, tell me about your book. So um, the book I'm talking about a little bit today is called Finn McCool and the Giant's Causeway. And that is just coming out. It's a it's a legend of Ireland. Um, Ooh, okay. And I have some Irish heritage. And so a real. yay!
0: I yeah, yay Ireland,
1: right? Yeah. And so I was really happy to um, write this story that I'd heard many times. And I visited the Giants Causeway, which is. Rock. So the story is a legend about how it was the story of how it came to be this this looks like stepping stones out into the Irish Sea. Do you have a cover to show us? I, I do. Um, I sent you a picture. Yes. Um, um, do you have a physical copy you can hold up? I
0: have.
1: I just have the proof copies because I don't have. It's actually being released on, on um, Monday, next Monday. OK. So this is the proof okay. copy is the only ones I have right now.
0: Right. But that gives us an idea. Uh, and of course, I'll post your cover at the front of our video.
1: And so this looks like it's for um, children. Yes, yeah, so this is a this is a picture book. I have uh, two picture books. This is a second in my series of uh, mm-hmm. legends. Um, I also write a lot of other things. I, I I'm actually a very eclectic writer, so I write nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And I write historical fiction for adults and historical fiction for middle-grade readers. Um, and I've written some short stories for steampunk and fantasy. And so I, I like to write a lot of different things. It's, I don't write just one thing. And that's like you're reading, isn't it? Yes, I read everything. Um, I do focus mostly lately um, on mysteries and mm-hmm. historical mysteries particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, historical, historical uh, romance, historical mystery. Not so mm-hmm. much romance, more the mystery end
0: of it. When I started the first book that I put out was a pure fantasy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but the next thing that I put out was more like mystery suspense because mm-hmm. I knew who the culprit was but I just couldn't find them in the book. Um, it was an awful lot like Mary Stewart or Victoria Holt.
1: Um, Yes, I like her work. I like her a
0: lot. Yes. Um, So I've I've just been all over the board, which people tell me I'm wrong because I should be focused on one particular
1: genre. I don't think I can do one genre. No, I can't either. And and they do. They say that you should brand yourself. Well, Mm -hmm. I have too many stories to to say I'm just this kind of writer. I I Mm want to. I have a lot of interests.
0: Right. So do you use Terry Carson across the board? Uh, because I, I have three different pen names.
1: As right now I do. If I ever do a romance, a straight romance, which I mm-hmm. might do someday, then I think I would use a different name for that because that's such a specific genre um, that I think I would use a different a, a pen name for that. But mm-hmm. otherwise I do. I use either Terry Carson or Terry Everett Karsten. Um, with my middle name in there for some of them has been on some of the nonfiction books.
0: Okay, now are you an indie or are you a traditionally published?
1: My books are all indie. Mm -hmm. I have traditional publications in um, in several magazines and um, like Highlights and We Wisdom. And then I've got some work also in American Women's Encyclopedia so, so I have some. The shorter stuff is mostly traditionally published, and the the books are all indie published.
0: How was how um, did you start in the short story market, or did you, did you start in the longer market?
1: Uh, I started in short story. So, mm-hmm. I've been I've been writing a really long time. Mm-hmm. I, I decided when I was seven that I was going to be a writer when I grew up, <laughs> and so and my first publication was in high school and my first paid publication then was when I was in my 20s. And so those early publications were either essays or short stories or uh, academic papers. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and while I was selling short stories I was also writing novels myself but I didn't I wasn't getting them published.
0: So what made you turn to the indie route? Well,
1: after so many rejections, especially especially rejections that were really nice rejections, like um, Boyd's Mill Press said, we really like your story. How about if you rewrite it for us? And I did twice <laughs> and they said, well, in the end, we just don't think it has enough history in it. So it's like, okay, it's a good story but it's not for you. And um, I started looking at what do I want out of publication? And what I want is the physical book in my hands that I can see Mm -hmm. and that I can give to people and that I can have some readers. I'm not so interested in, I'm not planning to make a living from writing. And I'm not terribly interested in the marketing aspect, which is kind of bad for a person who wants to sell their books. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I, what I, when you're I doing up, this, <laughs> I am, and I love talking to people about, about writing and about my books. I love teaching. I was a, an English teacher for, for many years. Um, right. Uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily need, I don't, I don't need all the fame and money. I need small audiences.
0: I'm not looking for validation. I'm looking for to tell a good story and for people to enjoy the stories I've told.
1: Yes, Um, exactly. And like
0: you, I accumulated a lot of really nice rejection letters that we really like this mystery, but. Right. We really like this fantasy, but. We really like this romance, but. And i wasn't going to rewrite i was on to the next thing i thought i could spend my whole life rewriting to what they want and they won't even guarantee a contract so mm-hmm. let's just move on
1: um, right well i even i even had three different times i had agents pick me up mm-hmm. and work with me for a year or two years and and one time an agent called when I sent her something and she called me the next like within a week and said, I stayed up all night reading your book and it brought me to tears. So it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But she was unable to sell it to a major publisher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it didn't get published till I self-published it. It won an award from that same book won an award from um the Society for Creative Book Writers and Illustrators mm-hmm. for an unfinished manuscript. Mm-hmm. So it was I had no doubt in my own mind that this was a good worthwhile story right so I wanted to see it as a book
0: (laughs) right now when did you start indie publishing because I started I started my my first book out in 2015 but I started actually trying to do it in 2013 uh gearing up for it and finding a cover designer and that sort of thing
1: I did my first um, independent publishing in 2010, and that was, um, that was a nonfiction book on how to build a brick oven in your backyard. And I, that was, um, I did that one by hiring a printer. So I, I formatted the book myself and hired a, a local printer to do to, to the printing of it. And that one did really well. It got some national um, acclaim. And the, the, the biggest thing is that by doing it that way, it was not a print on demand um, model. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up, I had to buy, I think, a thousand copies at the time. So it was quite an expensive venture. I did earn it back, I, and, but I still have copies of that book <laughs> because even though it did very well, it didn't do a thousand. Right, right, right. But you so, can put it up
0: on Amazon, and they could you could ship it out to people.
1: Uh, right, and I still do. I do that. It's on Amazon, and um, I I do a, a class periodically where I show people how to build a brick oven. Uh, you know, like an overview to get them an mm-hmm. idea, and they can purchase the book when they take the class, too. So <laughs> it's still it's it's not out of print. It's not it's not done. Mm-hmm. but i won't reprint it when i am done with the thousand copies because uh, because i would have i would have to reformat it because things have changed and i wouldn't do that that higher printer model again i would do the print right. on demand at this point
0: right so did you when did you convert to the print on demand
1: model um so i think so i went through I went through Abbott Press for my first historical fiction novel, and I was pleased with the result, but not pleased with the service. And so then i then I learned about um, the one before Kdp Create Space
0: Create yes.
1: And I really liked CreateSpace. And so I started doing, working with CreateSpace in about 2015, I think it was 2013 or 2014 or 2015. And I really liked that, that model. Um, they, they had such good service for if you had any questions, they had really good, like it was easy to learn it. And I do my own uh, formatting if it's, If it's just, if it's a picture book, I, I don't do illustrations, so I can, I'll hire somebody to, to do, to create the illustrations, and then I can format it, Uh, but um, if it's not a picture book, I can, I can do it myself, the formatting myself, because I can, the interior, if it doesn't need illustrations. Right. And I like, I, I I am a kind of a do-it-yourself kind of person. I like doing things on my own, um, so that works really well. So I've done several books and I've also done some editing and, and done some publishing of other people's books through CreateSpace and then now through um, KDP, which took them took over.
0: Now, do you do
1: your own covers for your eBooks and your paperbacks? I do, so some of them I do myself and some of them I hire having done. So I did an anthology of ghost stories and I did the cover myself on that one. That was, uh, I took a picture of a, a candle being snuffed out so that the the, the smoke no. curled mm-hmm. right up. And um, then I played with it in Photoshop to make it look a little creepy. And so that cover I did myself. And then the um, the I did a book on my dad's river trip in 1949. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went from... Pueblo, Colorado to New Orleans by canoe. And that cover I did myself as well. But like the um, the, the historical novel for children, I had hired an illustrator to do it because I wanted a, a children's illustration. And I, I don't, I don't, I can do a picture, I can take a picture and and fiddle with a picture to make it different, or to make it work for a cover. But I can't, draw something. I, I'm, uh-huh. I'm, not a, I'm not talented in that way. So for the picture books and for the historical fiction novels, for the novels, I've hired those covers being done.
0: How did you find your illustrator for those as well, for the picture books?
1: So the, the, for, the, for the first picture book, I hired my, um, my daughter-in-law, who is a graphic designer and she, mm-hmm. it, the story is it's a Japanese folktale and her preferred style of illustration, she does some commission work um, is, is that manga type style. So mm-hmm. that fits really well with a Japanese folktale. So I hired her to do that. Mm-hmm. And for my second one, the Irish one, um, I was referred by, I had a, a friend, a fellow writer in lacrosse who knew somebody who knew somebody? <laughs> um, and so I contacted this uh, woman, Becca Grace, who is the the wonderful, wonderful illustrator. Um, she lives in England, and we did all of our collaboration online through Zoom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she's I found her really, really nice to work with. She's um, she's very professional, and she also really listens to what the client wants. So when mm-hmm. I told her I. I want this to look very Irish. I want it to have that not work design in there. She right. made sure that she paid attention. She went through the characters several times to make sure that the characters were people that, that I liked the way the character looked in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So networking this, is very important. It mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. The other um, the other illustrator I did, I looked at deviant art and looked at illustrators on in there so you can find places online that talk about illustration you can look at their style and then yes. you just contact them and say it's a good idea to look at their style first to see if you kind of like what they're doing
0: that aesthetic is very important to find yeah and deviant art i can get lost in deviant art just looking at things one after another after another So it's it's very hard for me to go away from it.
1: (laughs) Well, and it can get overwhelming because there's so many things you like and then figuring out, okay, which for this book, which person would I like to contact?
0: Right. And do you, uh, if you're doing a series, have you done a series and looked for a cover designer that would do all
1: of the covers for that series? Not yet. I'm currently working on a... um, historical murder mystery that's going to be a trilogy or it's, it's not exactly a trilogy because it's not a. it's three separate murders. Right. Right. So it's, each book could stand alone, but it's part of a series. And I had not, I don't, I haven't found, I haven't looked for the, the series. Uh, I want them, I want the person to do all three covers at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm only halfway through the second book so I'm thinking I want to make sure I'm finished with the first two books and have an outline for the third book before I hire the designer so that I know what to tell (laughs) them I want right
0: yes because you have to aim that third book toward the right kind of murder
1: right right I have to figure out okay so you know we've got this murder here I want the I want the third murder to be a different type and you know, I haven't, I haven't written that one yet. And the books are fun to write though, because they're set in a tavern in Philadelphia in 1760s and 17.
0: Ooh, that would be lots of fun.
1: They're lots of fun. I'm having it. And one of them is done and one of them is half done.
0: I can't so. wait. I cannot wait.
1: <laughs> but the, the, Go
0: ahead. the
1: legends I'm going, I have a series of legends in mind, but they're from different countries. I want to do legends from different countries. Oh, and well, so I it won't that. be, it won't be, they will be the same size and the same more or less same format, but I'm not going to have the same designer because I want the pictures to reflect the country right. that, that is featured there.
0: Yes. I, I totally, totally understand that. That's, that's part of the whole idea of what you're trying to convey is that these are legends from around the world. So the books should reflect that global aspect, that global point of view. It sounds to me like you're writing all the time.
1: I, I do. I, I, almost every day, like even when I'm on vacation, I bring along a notebook um, mm-hmm. because I always have something to write. I, I do write a blog one, for once a month. Mm-hmm. Um. So pretty much I'm writing all the time and I usually have more than one project going at the same time.
0: Right.
1: Some people right. find that confusing, but I find it sort of refreshing. It's like if you get stuck one place, you can jump over to the other other thing that you that you that you are working on.
0: Yes. I, I can't. I I can do a nonfiction and a fiction at the same time. I can do three nonfictions. And a fiction at the same time, but I cannot do two fiction at the same time.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I unless I'm in totally different stages of them. So if I'm in the right. final editing of one, right. I can mm-hmm. be working on the beginning part or the the the, the d- initial drafting of the um, of a different one. Right. Or if I'm working on a really short piece, because I still do occasional short pieces for mm-hmm. various different magazines and things. Um, if I'm working on a very short piece, I can work on that at the same time as the novel. Right. Um, because right. they're so different in the way you work on them.
0: Yes, it is. Um, do you have a set schedule for your writing? Do you don't? Or do you have I a wish set I did. number of words per day?
1: No, during during November, during NaNoWriMo, I um, find that useful to, to set myself a schedule uh, word limit if i'm drafting um if i'm if i'm revising the word limit doesn't work as well exactly so exactly. then i try to do okay i'm going to revise this, this many pages mm-hmm. but i have a very erratic life schedule um, being retired you think you know when you're working you have a very set schedule You have know, this time you're at work and this time you're not when you're retired you have this totally open schedule that is filled with everything yes
0: Yes, that was one of the hardest things after I retired, just to get used to that idea that I was
1: going everywhere
0: constantly.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I have four grandchildren. So I retired five years ago, and I have four grandchildren who are five and under. So right after I retired, all my kids had kids. And, <laughs> and so that's kind that's, that those first five years or so of a child's life. You spend a lot of time oh, with them. So important. Right. So that, that, those take, and they live in lot, they don't live near mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have that. Um, but otherwise I have, um, I do try to make sure that every day I sit down at the, the desk, either the computer or the, or I, some scenes I write longhand still. Right. Um, and I, so I try to make sure that I, I write every day. Right. It, um I feel better when I get that that in and I do best if I do it in the morning.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It sounds to me well, I can say this, you are like I am. You're living the en- retired English teacher's dream because we're writing what we love most, which is stories.
1: Uh, yes, exactly
0: what do you think is your best method to to have creative juice
1: flowing i i need to be thinking about the characters
0: mm-hmm. i
1: need to be thinking about them so if i'm so t- like taking a walk taking a walk by myself um and not not like just I live in a small town and I can just walk a mile in one direction and not really pay attention to anything right. and then just walk back. Um, so I don't have, there's not traffic and there's not distractions and everything. So I I can be really focused in my head. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that can really, that can really help. That's probably one of the, the best ways for me to do it. Um, How do you do that in the wintertime up there though? Well, in the wintertime, it's a little tougher. I, <laughs> I, uh, I do have a treadmill, but I it doesn't work the same way. Not the
0: same. It's not no. The
1: same. Then I have to just kind of, I can pace a little bit in the house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I can put on snowshoes and go outside. But <laughs> the problem is not really, snow is not usually the problem. It's if the sidewalks are icy. Ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to fall on the ice. Yes. Definitely. And if I'm not paying attention, it's easier to Ball. If you're not paying attention (laughs) to your surroundings, and of course, when we're in our
0: heads, we're not
1: thinking about our feet. (laughs) Right, right. So, in the winter time, I do. I sometimes just kind of close off the office door, and if I'm if I'm struggling with a scene, I that's when I turn to longhand also, and just scratch out. It doesn't even have to be sentences sometimes, and I can just just fill a page with. Ideas about what's going on and then transfer that into the um, computer document.
0: Right. What do you think is your best tool? The thing that helps you most?
1: Word, <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I find that it, it, I don't need, you know, there's a lot of other um, programs out there that right. a lot of people like, uh, but I find that. For me, word is the word is the easiest, simplest to use. I don't really need a lot of. I don't need a lot of. I don't need something like Grammarly because or I don't know grammar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. When I'm doing my own work, I do make a lot of grammar errors. That I just don't. I. I. You know, I'm typing fast. I may. I spell things wrong, and I particularly our the, faster uh,
0: than our fingers.
1: Yes. yeah. our fingers slip
0: I, on the keyboard. And right. so I think I, I think that's wise well, what I do is after I finish my my good draft, I wait a week before I pick it up and start proofreading and then I proof forwards and backwards and forwards again., uh, yes. and I find that
1: help that's helpful. Right. And I also find that um, that it helps a whole lot to have a beta reader. Yes, To have. So after I've gone through it as many times as I can and mm-hmm. and have somebody else who I know is a good writer. Right. To, to go through it, too, because I can catch comma errors in other people's writing way faster than I can catch them in my own writing. As mm-hmm. soon as somebody says, oh, do you need this comma? I can say, oh, no, I don't need this one or there should be one there but I don't know, I don't see it in my own writing.
0: Cause we're busy. Our minds are three lines ahead of where our brain is actually reading. Uh, yes. And so it's really hard to divorce ourselves from those words on the page and get to that critical English teacher mode after we've been in the creative mode for so long.
1: Yeah, it is. And I've also found that even the best proofreaders So at one point, I I looked to hire a a proofreader, editor, and they guaranteed a 95% accuracy Mm -hmm. for $4,000 for the manuscript. And I said, I can do 95% accuracy Mm -hmm. by myself.
0: (laughs) It the last 5%. (laughs) Right.
1: And they're not going to guarantee that. Right. Um, And... I think that it's okay to have an error in in a manuscript. I mean, there are once in a while in traditionally published books, you still find them.
0: Yes, you do. You do. And I was reading a book that was put out in like the last seven years. And about halfway through, I noticed that I was constantly finding errors. Here was a subject verb. Here was a pronoun antecedent. This is a traditionally published book by a major writer. And I'm, after that, I started counting and I found 12 more before I got to the end of the book. So it was very, very hard for me, especially they they confused vile with vile, V-I-A-L with v i l e, And oh. they were talking about uh, an evil giant, but it was a vile giant. Oh, and dear. So that was that was really hard. That was very hard. I worked up for my students um, a paragraph. It was 10 lines long. I can't remember now how many sentences it was supposed to have. And I would wash it through. I would have them type it on, find as many errors as they could, and then wash it through the grammar program. Um, and it would spot, it would say that there were seven errors in the whole document. And my students would sometimes find three or four more. There were seven errors in the first two lines so i keep I keep trying these other grammar programs that they come out with. I put that paragraph in there, and they don't find all the uh errors and so i don't I'll go to them or no. use them
1: no it's you do the best you can, and then right. I think it's a, it's okay to say we are human and not perfect right and we are doing we are we are we're not making egregious errors like vile versus vile exactly <laughs> but a, a misspelled a typo or a comma error or a miscapitalized word in it is is not the end of the world
0: exactly, right. exactly. but you
1: do want to make sure it looks as professional as you can you yes. want to make sure you correct as much as you can in it
0: right right what do you think was, uh, well, you started such, at such a young age, I'm not sure you think about writing as being hard. It just flows out of you.
1: Well, it still is hard. <laughs> uh, when, I was seven, uh, when I was seven, I wrote a story. I loved the story. I figured writers can do anything. They can make the world happen the way they want it to be. And so I was going to be a writer. And then periodically over the next about eight years, I would say, oh, writing is so hard, I can't do this. Um, Because I was writing all this, uh, throughout my childhood I was writing. I mostly wrote uh, like fan fiction for TV shows I liked. Um, And then when I was in college, writing was easy, like writing papers and things like that, that was Mm -hmm. easy. Um, Mm -hmm. And writing short fiction was easy. But then writing a novel is harder. <sighs> yes, so it is. I guess whether it's hard, it, it depends on where you are in the stage when the ideas come really easily.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then sometimes there'll be a point where you get to where I don't know what's supposed to happen next. And that can be, so it can be, I don't really like to call it writer's block. It's kind of just temporarily stuck on yes. that particular man. Manuscript. Yes. yes. So, I wouldn't say that it's easy. I. It is very. It is very fulfilling.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: And it, it's very enjoyable. It, uh-huh. It's like. It just feels really good when you get a paragraph down the way you like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but of course, we're writing what we want to write. We're not writing to market. Um, I pity the people who who jump on a bandwagon of some particular type of fiction and then they try to churn out a bunch of those books. Um, Right you have
1: to you have I think to really enjoy it to be a writer the way I want to be a writer you have to write what you want you have to write what you like and a lot of the things I like it's hard to find I like a, a cozy historical mystery there aren't a whole lot of no, historical mysteries around. It's uh-huh. not the most popular genre in the world, but it's my favorite, my favorite kind of thing to read.
0: Uh-huh. Well,
1: if I like to read that. I might as that's what I want to write.
0: Yes, yes, I totally get that. Do you find do you write fantasy?
1: I um, do write some fantasy. Um, I've had some short stories. Some i I've, I've done. Um, something called steampunk which is a type of fantasy right Mm -hmm. and i've done i've had a couple of short stories published from in that and i have a longer like a novella at some point i had this one character that appears in a whole bunch of these steampunk stories
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: i've written and i'm eventually i want to put them together as a as a like an anthology of of his name is roscoe gordon he's a ghost whisperer um you know, put that Mm -hmm. together as an anthology. I I need to write a few more of them, Mm -hmm. um, but I have done that. And I I also have an unpublished fantasy novel that I wrote many years ago. It's not digitized, it's typewritten. Um, And I think it's a good story. And so I think eventually what I would like to do is pull it out of the files and digitize it and, and put it out there but so yeah i do write some fantasy i don't have a lot published in fantasy
0: do you find that when you're writing fantasy stories you wind up with some sort of mystery inside the story um because i was reading a few old novels and i love i love andre norton
1: yes I, me I too love her.
0: but sometimes when you're reading it's very simple for them to work out Who's who's the culprit? Um, and I'm I'm looking for the mystery aspect in the story as well as the fantastical element of the story.
1: Yeah, um, like I think I, I think it's there. Do you read? Have you read David Eddings' The Belgaria? Yes, I have. So there's mm-hmm. a mystery element in there for sure, mm-hmm. and yes. it's, it's part. It's the adventure as well, and you're not really sure how it's going to turn out. I would say in my Roscoe Gordon stories, my so my ghost whisperer stories, there's a there's a mystery involved in each one. It's not specifically, it's not like a, I wouldn't start out by saying it's a mystery genre,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: there is a mystery involved in the story. There's wow. something that the character doesn't know and needs to figure out. Mm-hmm. And the reader can hopefully figure it out just a step behind
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is what we always hope that our story is advancing before their brains are advancing
1: (laughs) right (laughs) but you want to give the reader the satisfaction of of figuring something out
0: yes yes i think i've gone through all of my prepared questions do you have anything that you want to bring up that we didn't talk about that you notice that are, are things that might help newbies or veterans
1: to keep writing? Well, one of the things I think that um, newbies especially have trouble with is the idea of how, how, to, how to do dialogue and how to make sure this, the, the setting is part of it. And um, what, one of the things I would really encourage is weaving the setting into the dialogue and action. Mm-hmm. So that you don't have a paragraph that tells everything about what it looks and smells like. And then a whole bunch of talking heads with no action. And then wow. something happens. You want to kind of weave it all together so that the, the, the setting is woven into the actions that the characters are doing while they're talking. Um, and that's, it's really like you've got to think of the three different strands for the pacing and the rhythm of the story. And that's something I think that if newbies are considering that, it will help them make a stronger story.
0: Right, right, that's, that's definitely true that you have to have all of those elements coming out all the time. You can't just focus on one and then focus on the next. Um,
1: right. And setting is, setting can be so much part of the world building, whether you're writing fantasy or historical fiction, or if you're writing a contemporary book, the setting is so important to, to pull the reader into the story.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. I have a tendency to, when I'm writing, I want to get the my plot and my dialogue and my character opinions out onto the page, and I forget about the descriptive aspect, of, and I have to That's usually one of the things when I go back through and work from my rough to my uh, good draft, I'm focusing on making sure I add all those things in and develop those in, weaving them into the story so that I I don't have a lot of things. There goes my timer. Uh, And according to this, we have, oh, mere seconds, one minute and 20 seconds. I'm counting down. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I have really enjoyed our, our conversation, Terry.
1: Oh, um, I have to. Thank you.
0: Please make sure that you send me a link to your website, a link to your books, um, and um, anything else that you can think of if you want to. Uh, I think we might, you might need to send me a good candid photo. Uh, I might be able to snare a good one. I'll let you know if I cannot. Uh, okay.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: So we'll try that. We'll try that route first because you might not have a good candid one. I know that I avoid cameras at all costs. So I, have, I yeah, I
1: don't have a good recent one. I have some right. uh, except for like with masks on and hats. <laughs> yeah, Yes. <laughs> Although yeah. that might be funny. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, so let me know if you if you don't, if you can't, but I will send you those links.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Terry. It was wonderful <laughs> talking to you.
1: Very nice to meet you too. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to The Rock Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emily from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity. Process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at thereightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkfooks AOL.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends, or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps. And you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, write on.